Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Welcome, and thank you very much for downloading our little podcast from Italy. My name's Jason. Ciao, and I'm Ashley. And today we have a very special guest, and I emphasize the special. It's my <laughs> younger brother, Jerome. Hello, Jerome. Hello. How's it going? Good. Jer- it is a pleasure to have you. It is you a pleasure here. to meet you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Jerome yes. is um, my brother... Uh, who is from Seattle, and this is his first time out of the States in Europe. So it has been really fun catching up. I haven't seen him in five years. And uh, so the season is over. I guess we should start talking about that. Yep, the season is over. No more people in our house. We have a little time to decompress. The weather has definitely changed. Today is the 18th of November, a Sunday morning, and... um, we woke up to a rainy Sunday morning. The leaves have finally changed on all the trees. It's finally feeling like fall. Well, the leaves changed late because we had a spring... Should I even talk about it? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it now. <laughs> Post-fact. <laughs> I swore all of our guests to secrecy. <laughs> um, in the end of May into the first couple weeks of June, maybe even farther, we had what I would call a biblical infestation of caterpillars. Gypsy moth caterpillars. Gypsy moth caterpillars. Mm-hmm. And we are talking, they were no butterflies. One sweet guest kept trying to be positive, and we said it's the year of the caterpillar. And he kept saying, but what? maybe it will turn into butterflies. Butterflies. Maybe there'll be butterflies. Unfortunately, no. We'll describe the area, affected area. Well, from, if you've been out here, there's a little, um, God, so quarter just, mile down the road from us, um, back towards the main road, there's a little cemetery. And from about there... Okay, Ashley, Ashley does not know distances or measures. No so need. it's not no a need. quarter mile. <laughs> it's more like a mile and a half. Oh, same diff. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would and say I would a mile and a half circle your from you know a mile and a half in all directions. Would you call it about a kilometer? Nope. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Two. <laughs> How many kilometers? <laughs> a mile and a half. Well, a mile is point six kilometers, so that would be a mile. That would be uh, no a kilometer is point six miles. Who cares, man? It all was, right, it's too early for math on this simple podcast. <laughs> Anyway, the um, whole valley out here in this um, this kind of stretch of road that went on into Umbria actually was devastated by just this seven-year cycle of caterpillars, and they ate through all the trees. It was so freaking crazy. You could literally hear them eating the trees. At night. It's so quiet. You'd go outside, and you would just hear this... Oh my god, it gave you the heebie-jeebies. It was so gross. They torpedo off the roof. Anyway, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. The leaves have changed late this year because we had no leaves for a month or so um, in the summer. So it's so nice to see the colors, and we were afraid it might not even change. But it's beautiful. We got no fruit in the summer, but nice now leaves at least. Yeah, so all the houses put away. The, the um, apartments are shut down. And uh, we took a little trip with... Wait, did you put in the antifreeze and that kind of stuff yet? No, I still have to do that. Okay. 
We did have our first frost. I think we talked about that last. I think so. I think so. Yeah, the garden's pretty much done. We did. We did have. We do have broccoli and some cauliflower and some cabbages, cabbage. some fennel still in there, carrots. carrots. But I'm not. And still the potatoes and onions <coughs> and stuff that we preserved from earlier. Yes. But anyway, so when we closed up, we met your brother and my brother and your sister. We had a whole family affair in Holland for Jason's brother's. 30th birthday, and that's where we met up with my brother and decided to road trip down through um, Germany and Austria back into Italy, and he's here with us for a month, and we went to, I would say, well, well I would say my favorite place we stopped was Garmisch Partenkirchen. So there's this place in <laughs> on the German-Austrian border called Garmisch Partenkirchen. Garmisch Partenkirchen. And they have what's called the Zugspitz. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. the train to the top of this glacier, um, and it's... The top of the Alps. The top of the Alps, The highest yeah. point in Germany. And um, literally on the border of, of, I think Austria is like five minutes by car. Uh-huh. Um, really, really cool place, really posh ski area. Um, just fun, really nice. We went to go see a professional hockey game there, because the NHL is on strike, so there was... Uh, there was a couple people from the NHL There was a couple playing. people playing. We were uh, dozens of people in the stands. <laughs> It was Dozens. actually, it was really cool, I thought. Like, oh, my favorite part would have to have been the breaks and the sausage hut. The Verstel hut. Oh, well, d- d- the ver- well, describe the Verstel. That's what I'm looking at you to do. The Verstel was like two feet long, and it was really skinny. What long? And what they would do, it was skinny. and It was, it was two. Two, two feet. Two feet, at least. And they folded it in half and put it on this long bun. And then they had a mustard squirting gun that was over yes. her head. And they had like five different... Styles of brats, and when you go, or, to, I would say they were skinny. Like, so they wouldn't said. be a brat, though, or is it still called that? No, it's ver- it's a vice. No, that meant white, uh, white, white versed, yeah. vice versed, vice versed. That's right. Anyway, also they treat you like adults in Germany, and you get a real glass with your beer, and or a big, you know, a big big mug Stein. with your with your drink at a sporting event. Yeah, yes. it was nice. We straddled center ice. It was that was, was cool. cool. Well, there yeah. were some fights, a bloody nose, everything you want to see. And um, everything you want to see in the rink, however, we're up in the Alps for two nights, never saw the mountain peaks. Yeah, no. I still don't believe them. I don't think there was mountains there. <laughs> there was a lot of fog, and we never saw a single Alp. <laughs> no, we even went to go take the little cogwheel train up to the top, and then the, the gondola, whatever, up to the highest point, and it was so fogged. In there was no point in taking it because there was no view. It was absolutely insane. We kept trying to tell my brother, I swear to God, you're in the Alps. <laughs> there was no proof whatsoever. No, I didn't believe him at all. But it's a beautiful, beautiful area right in there. Fern Pass is another place. No, we're still not I'm saying still not that saying right. saying it right. I would try to order it and people would go, what? Um, spatzel. Spatzel. No, it's not spatzel. It's spatzel or something. Spatzel. Schmitzel. Anyway, the little dumplings. It's delicious. I think I've talked about this before. <laughs> um, but then coming back down through the Dolomites and like Brennero and um, and it's it was a nice drive and what's down. What's the first thing we always do? Get a cafe. Mm-hmm. When you cross the border. When you cross the border into Italy, the first thing you have to get a coffee because for some reason, even though it's twenty minutes by car away, they do not know how to make coffee. Right over the border. I don't know. We came back to uh, chicken slaughter. Well, also before that, um, while we were gone, Italy was drenched in rain. 
Oh, Gaji. Well, here's the thing. Italy was drenched in rain. Venice was underwater. And uh, when we asked Gaji about this the other day when we came back, he just said, well, we love to – we're Italians. We love to complain about things. That it was <laughs> a little rain and we and we throw our arms you up. You said it was no Sandy. Yeah, it was no Sandy. That's right. It was no Sandy. <laughs> but still, there was a lot uh, kind of washed out and everything, and the rivers are running high. So that's nice. Hopefully – We'll have a nice wet fall. Yep. So we came home to, and it was time to slaughter the chickens. And it's um. Well, while we were gone, the foxes ate half. Our yes, stock. we left. So. <laughs> we left, and there were fifteen, sixteen. Sure, fifteen, uh, fourteen hens and two roosters. Came back to five hens. Five hens and, and one rooster. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, son of a bitch. I guess the fox found us again. And we might as well kill them so we have them for broth and all of that, then let the fox have the rest. So we had to get to him before he did. <coughs> so we killed five hens and a rooster yesterday, and it took us three hours. It's dirty work. It's, it's not, terrible. Well, Jerome, your first—you've never killed a chicken before. No. So what was your first? What was your first? What was your impression of killing chickens? <sighs> it's not fun work. It is not fun. No, uh, I do not recommend doing it to anybody. It's not very fun. No. Do you think, though, that it will change the way you think about the meat you eat? Probably. Probably. Like when you probably see it in a little grosser way after defeathering a dead chicken. What about when you eat the chickens? Like when we go to have a roasted chicken or make a the broth? one that one of the ones that you killed. You have how does that make like? Does it make you not want to eat it? Does it make you think like it's better? What, what, describe your feelings. Do you feel proud? I feel confused. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right, that's a good answer. That's a good that answer. is a good answer. I'm slightly confused. So I, I think we'll Jerome, find out how I feel. Maybe I'll be puking. No, no, no. Well, we'll here's see, we'll one see thing what happens that, when it's put in front of me. One thing that I noticed that Flashbacks we go, before we did it, you were much more excited than yes. Like you thought <laughs> it would be. Thought it would be more. Less terrible than it was. Yeah. I thought it would, could be a little fun. So killing, I don't know why. I have no idea why now, looking back. <laughs> 100% stupid. I am just... I'm dumb. That's why I thought it could be fun. It does. It sounds Never like... Think. It, slaughtering the chickens is not fun to do. No. It's just something you have to do. And it's not very... It's part of the farm life. Yeah, it's part of the walk in the walk, I guess. But it's not something I'd want to do every day or look forward to doing again next year. Or ever again. But eating the chickens is delicious. Yes. It is. There's a, it's a bit traumatic. It's a long process. For me, the worst part is watching you guys chop their heads off or slit their throat or whatever it may be for the, the I think mode the, of killing. I don't know. I don't the feathers think. are my job, and that's not as bad. Oh, I thought the feathers were much more disgusting. Yeah, I think for the some reason, I don't have as Oh, it just smells so gross. And then watching... I like oh. to watch you butcher it for some reason. Well, then once you get the feathers off, I'm fine. To me, once... Once that feathers is off and we spray them down with you know water and they're all they're all cleaned up, then it's just a chicken. Then it doesn't bother me. Well, at all. and actually, two of them had formed ready to go eggs when you went to butcher them. Yes, that yes, were yes. hard shelled and ready to lay today. It's kind of bizarre to see the eggs that are preparing. There. Okay, that, I think that's probably enough dead chicken talk. Right. But anyway, yeah. please, please, please. My, <laughs> I don't know what time. My juice. Yeah, exactly. It's early in the morning. Yeah. So we gave one. We gave the rooster and two hens to Gaji. We gave one hen to our neighbor uh, Caroline and Luke, and we have just three in the freezer. So. I'll <laughs> 
<laughs> we fed the freaking, we fed the wildlife. More. I know. It's giving back to nature. It is. But we got their eggs and I don't, I personally have no attachment to the chickens whatsoever. I feel no, nothing towards No love them. lost? No, 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 no. No. So, um... So what's the next project? Next project. we, Me and Jerome, today, we have to go and dig a hole and clean out the grease trap once a year. Fat trap. Since we are on a septic system, there's a grease trap that we have to dig down 80 centimeters and uh, open up this little cover and then take out all the yucky Calcified. stuff. Yeah. Which is a horrible job. We also need to put up the plastic over the arch in the kitchen. And over the uh, front door so that it stays a little bit warmer, um, preparing for winter. Other things today. Um, You're going to start the bread. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a sourdough starter. Ashley gave, got me a great book. So I'm sure we've talked about this before, but here in Italy, our bread is in central Italy is not awesome. It's saltless. <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's, it's got a weird crumble. Yeah. It's got a real crust and crumb. And I don't, it's not, it's not French bread. It's good for... What it is. No, like, Pontypoulier say just south of here is beautiful. We've talked about it a hundred yes. times before. Yes, anyway, sorry. so <laughs> Ashley bought me this wonderful bread book um, from this baker in San Francisco that makes a – that does a uh, natural starter. And our neighbors, Luke and Carolyn, gave us a 50 a kilo fifty kilo sack of uh, flour, whole wheat flour from their – Backyard. Um, backyard, basically, that they had milled. So I'm going to start a – try to start a – Start a starter? Is that start what you said? Start a mother. Start a – begin a mother. Begin a, – a, a yeast mother. So we'll see how that goes. I'll let you guys know. I've done big bread. It's really not that complicated to start. All you do is take white flour, wheat flour, and water, mix it together, and just leave it out for – at a correct temperature for a certain amount of time. So we'll but see. But it seems like it's all about the process of how you – Folded oh, consistency. I don't know anything. That's getting wave. We're just starting the oh, starter. Oh, so what oh. you do is that be, that takes the yeast, the natural yeast that's in the air, and you can use that. Then you'll use that to make your bread. We'll see. How do you think it will affect having a fireplace going all the time? I have do you no think idea. you'll want to keep the starter in the kitchen or in the cooler dining room? I I don't know. I have to read it. I have to read it again. I think you. I think you don't want it room temperature. I think you want it cooler, but not too cool. I don't know. We. I think the temperature is really important I for the yeast to grow. Um, speaking of bread, um, oh, I yeah. went. <laughs> so, so someone. Um, the last podcast, I was mentioning that I'm, we were invited to this like open house dinner at. Um, this place is called Slow Canada, um, outside of Piobico, just up the hill. And I thought, ooh, who are these Canadians? I was really excited. And I got an email from someone on Facebook asking, how did the, how are the Canadians if I met them? And it was hysterical. No Canadians were involved. It was called misunderstanding slash not being able to read a sign properly. <laughs> so I go to this dinner and, <laughs> and I get up there and I'm like, where are the Canadians? And they're like, there's no Canadian. I said, who's Canadian? So who's Canadian? And they said, no one's Canadian. And I said, well, why does it say slow Canada on the sign? And they said, no, no, it, it doesn't say slow Canada. It says Slokonda, which is just a play on Lokonda is like a okay, uh, location, uh, house, a house uh, something like that. So it's like a slow place to stay. And 
I totally misread the sign and looked like a total fool walking in there looking for these Canadians. But that being said, they had bread there that I really liked. Yes, it's heavy, but like we were talking about, the bread in this area is not our favorite. This one at least was a little bit different, and they have a, a starter that they got from Bologna that the starter is 160 years old, which is insane that they've just been feeding this mother for that many years. Kaji poo-pooed that. I know. He called, he called He called bullshit on that. Whatever. I don't care. I think it's a great story. The bread um, was a bit more sour, so I, that means that the... That means that they let the starter ripen more. They let their, their starter ripen more. That's, it was good. And it was they, good. It had a good taste. It, was, it was. had a good taste. And um, made, like, really good toast, too. And they are making panettone. So that reminds me, we need to put in our order for panettone from them because they're going to sell out. So explain what, for those who do not know what a panettone is. Such as me. Yes, Jerome. Panettone is the traditional Christmassy bread that's made of egg. And it's very light. And it has candied pieces, candied fruit in it. Not my favorite. What is its distinguishing factor? I don't know. It's like in that kind of... Uh, oh, rectangular, big, big box. Oxagonal. And it comes from Milan, I believe. Originally. Yeah. From either Milan or Genoa. This, this podcast is short on facts. Let Very me tell short. You. Not we a make lot it up of as we go. on facts. <laughs> Pulled stuff out of places. Yes. I think there's some crazy uh, numbers on how many panettone per person mm-hmm. per household eats per year, but... Um, it's a lot. There, It's everywhere. <laughs> It's everywhere. It's good stuff. You'll be offered panettone no matter where you go. And by you're forced to like yeah, it. Yeah, you're forced to like it. It's kinda like um we were talking about things that we didn't like when we arrived and that we do. Um the chestnuts yep. that are roasting. Hated them. When we first arrived this time of year, every festival you go to everywhere, there's chestnuts roasting over over fire. And um chestnuts are not a crunchy nut, they're a soft nut. And uh when you eat them, they're they're warm, and I don't know. It, At first, it's kind of weird. Yeah, like, I like a crunchy nut, and it was like, oh, why is it so warm and soft? I don't know. It just kind of felt like the consistency was off. Panettone didn't like it. No, but we but now we went. The, well, the last time I had. Um, the chestnuts, I thought, man, these are delicious. I was I craving really, them at the yeah. last festival. Yeah. I was like, oh, we got to get some chestnuts. We have a thing for the fireplace that you, um, a pan with holes, and you roast chestnuts in the fireplace, and now I love them. But it is. It's funny how your taste buds start to change, and now your memories start becoming um, surrounded by those foods, and you begin to love them. So panettone is one of those as well. Um, I prefer the one without the candied candied fruit pieces. Correct. Just I just got my first panettone of the season the other day, actually, that I brought home. Oh, yeah. With- yeah, and it had chocolate and well, raisins. They, <clears throat> now they make ones with all different crap in it. They, you can get them filled with cream. You can get them, but uh, you can get them with chocolate chips. You can get plain. them with, plain with nothing. It's just like this eggy, sweet bread. But the traditional one has... Candied fruit in it and and raisins. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So speaking of holiday food, we're working our way up to Thanksgiving. So every year we have a Thanksgiving around um, the time of American Thanksgiving to thank all of our um, thank all of our friends and neighbors uh, who've helped us throughout the season, and it's a way just like one last 
get together before we really shut the kitchen down and I don't want to do groups of big people before, you know, until the weather warms up. But we invite um, Perangelo, our, our neighbor up the road who helps us with the wood and the, and, and he does the meat. Uh, we invite Pepe Bianchini who helps start our onions and our tomatoes. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. it's going to be awesome. He has a crush on me. He always tries to slip me his phone over and asks me to go dancing and he's 88. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. It's really cute. He always gives me the wink at. Um, we have, of you course, <laughs> of course, Gaggi and Rosanna. Uh, we'll have Basilio who comes and puts the, comes with his tractor and puts the rose in for me in the garden. Fushiani. Yep, Fushiani. All the cast of characters. We'll all be here for uh, Thanksgiving. And I do a semi-traditional Thanksgiving. I do a turkey with stuffing and, um, uh, they get freaked out. The Italians get freaked out if you have too much on the table for one course. So, yeah, like the one plate. Yeah, the pia- they call it piatto unico, uh, one plate where you put all the different things on one plate. They don't really do but so. They're like, ah, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So you can't do mashed potatoes and stuffing and green beans and and turkey and all that stuff because they freak out. So what I'll do this year is I'll just do stuffing and turkey and and something green and then a first course. Yeah. Because I've learned. I'll do a first course and maybe like an empty pasta. And gravy does not go over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do gravy over stuff. I, what? No, 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 no. The gravy <laughs> sat there. Sat Will there. it be made again? I have to make gravy because fat All right, Ashley, good, 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 good. And I'm okay. sure I like my meat with gravy. Yeah, and we're having, uh, <laughs> Ad, well. we're having Ashley's, uh, our friend Teresa from down south, who's an expat as well, and she will not go for no gravy, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And Jerome, we're how do go, you feel? We're, get, we're getting gravy. Okay. And pie. And yes, 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 yes. No yams. No yams. No yams. Sweet, uh, sweet potato. It's hard to find. They call it an American They call potato. it, do you know what they call it here? American potato. American, patate Americana. Why? I don't know. Because it's sweet. Because they think all we do is eat stuff with sugar in it. Or it's because we're so sweet. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking probably. of Thanksgiving, let's tell our listeners, many who are from the States, and maybe some who are just interested, When it, you were just talking about this with your brother, so I thought it'd be interesting to bring up. How do you, when you're cooking your turkey, first of all, how big do you think we might have... At the most, 30 people, 25 people. How big of a turkey do we need? I'm going to get like 12 kilo, like 25 pounds. Okay. Say a family of eight or 10. Well, it depends. I don't know. Or do you want turkey for – let's not talk about how big it should be. That's that's their problem. How do you – what do you do with it? Well, I brine my turkey. And brining your turkey is an extra step that – um, brining, what brining means is to put it in a solution of uh, herbs and herbs and spice, <laughs> herbs and stuff, and salt and sugar. And what this does is um, it imparts, it takes out the kind of pulls the the natural juices out of the turkey and puts in this brine. And what this does is when you cook the turkey, the problem is that the dark meat, the thigh and the wing, uh, the thigh and the drumstick take much longer than the breast do. So you end up having a dry breast. And to get the thigh and the uh, drums, the thigh, the dark meat cooked correctly, and to get the internal temperature of the stuffing to reach 160, 165 degrees. So one way, one trick you can use to combat this is to make a brine. And what you're going to need to do is go down to Home Depot or whatever hardware store you have and get yourself a five-gallon bucket. And then on your stovetop, you take 
uh, salt and sugar and you make a concentrated liquid with salt, brown sugar, um, bay leaves, tons of garlic, peppercorns. Uh, you can throw some thyme or rosemary in there. Um, anything you want, really. And it should be. And then you dissolve the as much as the as much sugar and salt as will make the um, as you can dissolve into that water. Is there a ratio? Like a, I'm sure there is. I don't. Sure. I don't know it off the top of my head. Look it up online. Just type in brine turkey. You'll get what are you, a thousand. What are you things. looking for when you're making it? When I'm making it, I make a concentrate on a pot on the stove, and then I put that into the bucket, and then I dilute it with water until... No, no, I mean, when you're making that concentrate, do you, are you tasting it? No, no, no. It's, I'm just dissolving as much sugar and salt into that pot of water as I can make. Okay. Because okay. it's a concentrate. Then you pour that into the five-gallon bucket. Obviously, okay. it's not five gallons. It's more like three-quarters of a gallon. Gotcha. Then you dilute that with cold water till you get to where you taste it, and it makes your... Excuse me. Makes your lips pucker. It should make your lips pucker, and it should be slightly sweet. Um, then you add your garlic and your. So really, on the stove, you just dissolve as much sugar and salt into a medium-sized pot as you can, and that's your concentrate. So you don't even have to put the herbs and stuff in that part. No, no, no. You put the herbs and stuff when you get it to the dilution that you, the, you dilute it to what you want. Then, so now you have a cold liquid because you can't stick a turkey into a hot liquid, and you put your li- turkey. Why is that? Because it promotes bacteria growth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want your liquid to be cold. So then you then you put, submerge your turkey into it. Make sure you put a plate and a weight on top so it doesn't bob up, bob up <laughs> out of the brine. And leave it in there for at least 24 hours. Then once you – after 24 hours, you're going to rinse uh, – you're going to take your turkey out. It's going to have all the garlic and the – um, clove and the, and the peppercorns all stuck to it. Rinse it off real well. Pat it dry. Make sure you dry your turkey real well. And then just rub olive oil on the outside. No, no need to salt it. No need to pepper it. You're ready to go. Stuff it and you're good to go. Cook it just like you would your normal turkey. I don't know. What, whatever they say, 20, 25 minutes per pound at three – whoa, 325, 315. That would be a hundred and – 60, 170, 165 degrees Celsius for however many hours you need to, depending on the size of your turkey. But brining, brining, very good. Try it. If you want to give brining a try, try brining a chicken first. Then you don't need a five-gallon bucket. You can brine a chicken in a big pot. So it works for everything. Brining, does that just mean, what does that mean? Brining means to put it in a solution, put a piece of meat in a solution of usually sugar and salt and herbs. So you could do that with any meat. Oh, absolutely! You could brine pork chops. You can brine chickens. You can brine ducks. You can brine geese. You can brine. I wouldn't brine steak, but I've definitely brined pork chops before. Delicious, delicious. Try it. If you you got a week until Christmas, this <laughs> or a week <laughs> no, until Thanksgiving. Sorry. Try brining a chicken. It's it's really easy and it's that's re- a good idea. Really good. Do a test run. That's right. That's right. So that will be that's my that's my tip. That's my tip. I think Thanksgiving's. Is it this Thursday? It's this Thursday coming up. OMG. Is it? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the third Thursday in, in November is Thanksgiving. Wow. We had a word we had a word of, not to change the subject, but we had a word of the week. Do you remember? Someone gave us a 
I don't remember at all. I don't remember at all either. I want to give a quick shout out to <laughs> Tom and Mary walking your dog right now. Thinking of you guys out in Colorado and just wanted to say thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. Right on. Um, I have <laughs> questions for Jerome. Jerome hasn't talked very much. Yes, right. yes. What is? What was your first impression of, of this area where we are right here? The the Pesaro Limarque, Pesaro Bino, not driving down through the flat Emilia Romagna. You got to see the sunrise too. Yeah. Sorry, that was a side. I did get to see the sunrise in Italy. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, what you, what was, was your cool. first impression of this area right here? Um, there's a lot of trees. Yes. Very very open space. Like there's so much. Looks like there could be a golf course. Anywhere around here. Okay, no golf courses, but yeah, but, uh, hilly, hilly. There's lots of hills. Um, were the, you surprised at how remote we are, or did you figure we were this out um, here? I mean, you guys said you were out kind of in the boonies. You weren't lying. No, we were not lying. They are at the end of the power line. <laughs> at the very end of the power line. That's it ends right. in their yard. The power line does end in our yard. And best thing you've eaten so far in Italy. You've only been here for four days. Has you been that one? No. Four days, yeah. Porchetta? Porchetta was good. I like the pork chops you made on the fire. Okay. That was really good. Wait, the pork chops or the pork wrapped in... All right, well, pork wrapped prosciutto was good, too. Those were snacks. <laughs> no, 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 that was the spiadini of pork loin wrapped in pancetta on the little sticks. Those were awesome. Yeah, that was delicious. So I made your own, so we had uh, oh. spiadini over, the. we have the fire in the kitchen going, so we've been doing grilling on the, uh, grilling in the fireplace, because that's what it's made for, baby. Yeah. It's and, good. Um, the grill, those little spiadini, they're called, of uh, Pork loin and pancetta are very, very good. Also, those are dangerous. They are. You eat them almost like little pop snackers. Oh yeah, like you just- <laughs> two bites top. Yes. Also, the um, porchetta, the whole deboned uh, spit roasted pig that you get from the truck on uh, at the markets is also very. That was good. good yeah. We have more to- cheese. I like the cheese. Yeah, we had some pecorino, good sheep's milk, rain supreme. Yeah. So where should we take Jerome? His so, first trip to Europe, his first trip to Italy. We've driven through the Dolomites, down now through here. We went to Perugia yesterday. We'll definitely go. So we got to have good chocolate. We did the we did the mark the traveling crap sale in Città di Castello. Uh-huh. Overrated. Very overrated. Very. No donuts. No fried food at this place. But you did find slippers. Did find slippers. It was a lot of junk from China. Yes. And some and the, the most the most interesting part of the whole thing was watching the cops shake down um, some street seller guys like who are illegally selling purses. Where they walked right up to him, grabbed two a bag of the street seller merchandise. merchandise, and just walked away. And then watching the African guys follow him and try to, um, I don't know, perhaps bribe them, bribe them to get it back, or just just make a grab for it and run. I don't know what was going on. We were on the case. Though. We were following. <laughs> we were following them for quite Private some time. Private eyes were watching. Considered splitting up to fully investigate. However, uh, that was only Ashley's idea. That was a poor idea. <laughs> Neither Jason nor I considered splitting up no. to do this. But I did feel a little Jason Borney. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Yes. Like, so where, well, okay, so anyway, where should we go next? Well, we're going to go to Fano. We have to take him to see the Adriatic. Yes. We'll and take, um, will you put your toes in the sea? Absolutely. I'll, good. I'll go ankle. And have fried fish. Have yeah, some good fish. A good grilled fish. We'll take him to Frasassi Caves. Frasassi? Oh, and near Frasassi Caves, they, oh, I don't know if it's every day, but 
near the town of Fabriano. Yeah, outside on a back road. On a back road, there was this like shack place that had people lined up like to like thirty meters out the door. Like literally, that's why we pulled over. That's why we, we were had. <laughs> and all it was was capicola or um, pork shoulder sliced thinly and grilled on bread. And that's all you can get. And you would just sh- hold up your hands for how long you wanted it. Like, you can get a, you know, a little, really? like a normal sandwich size, or you can hold up your hands and, the, like, the baguette, it was like a baguette type bread that was, like, I don't know, almost, you know, eight, eight centimeters, like, uh, like two, two feet, two and a half feet Damn. long. And you could hold up your hands for how much, how long you wanted it. And they would, they would make your sandwich like that. It was, and yeah, all they did go. is drizzle of olive oil and a crack of salt. And the line was out the door, and they wrap it up in paper and just hand it to you. It was awesome. It was awesome. Can't wait. It was awesome. I have no Can't idea wait. where exactly it was. We'll find it. But it was a Saturday. I don't know if they only do that on the weekends. It's Let's go on Saturday. It's 9.24 in the morning, and I'm starving. We've been talking about turkeys. We've been talking about <laughs> porchetta. Yeah. You know, these meat sandwiches. Pork chops, the little meat. Whatever those bites, Jason they, promised, whatever the bites were. Jason promises pancakes. <laughs> yeah, there's mixed. There's, there's batter in the uh, fridge. We've had wonderful guests this year from Vermont and from Canada who brought us maple syrup. So oh we're my God. we are maple syrup rich. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I guess uh, so. I'll make some pancakes. It's a crappy rainy. Sunday morning. I don't really feel like getting to work yet, so... So, well, let's keep talking about this for a second. We're going to go to Rome at the end of Jerome's trip. Yep. If any listeners are out there and have a wonderful suggestion from the Marque to Rome of a great day trip, let us know, or a good place to stay for a night. And uh, we're trying to think of some fun spots to go along the way. What do you think? Can you think of any other good day trips? Um, North, uh, South... We could go south, but I, I don't know. It's weird. It's the off season, like it's the it's the shoulder season. So the like you can't go to the Sublini Mountains to the snow because there's no snow yet. Most of the uh, all of the coastal stuff is closed. Um, really, it's it's eating. It's eating. Work. Ooh, we're gonna go to the Hunter's Hideaway. Oh, yeah. There's this place called Aqua Partita in the hills above Apecchio. You would never know it's there unless you knew it. Like, you have to have someone show you. They have no menu. They have three pastas and grilled meat and the best potatoes I've ever had because they fry them in pork fat, baby. Uh-huh. Jerome, they're, they're delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. The best part of the meal is the fried potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait. And there's no menu. They just, they just, you can pick your pasta. Like, they'll have a... Pot, they'll have a boar sauce, they'll have a deer sauce, and they'll have just a regular ragu. Or, and then you can pick, like, gnocchi, pappardelle, yeah. or tagliatelle. But there's no real menu. And then it's just grilled, mixed mix grilled, mixed grilled meats. That's Hell it. Yeah. It's delicious. And they plop, and at the end of the meal, they plop the wedge of cheese on your table. So there's, You love that. Yeah. You eat cheese at the end, like uh, the French. Have you ever been to a restaurant and gotten a cheese plate? Like, at the end instead no, of No, I'm dessert? not very classy. Well, you're 20. You're, you're yeah, 20. I'm only you don't, 20. You don't go to re- restaurants where they offer you cheese plates. No, no, no. They no. don't offer cheese plates at uh, Dick's. Dick's. <laughs> Dick's Drive-In. Or uh, Taco Bell. No, no, no cheese plates. No cheese plates. No plate. well, uh, oh, well, actually, here's a great question I have for my brother. He is in Seattle, and he works at an Italian restaurant called... Buca de Beppo, no which, longer. No which longer, means, actually. which is hysterical because it just means the mouth of no Joe's hole in the ground. Like they call it Joe's hole. Like uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, what 
like, have you noticed a difference yet? We've ha- eaten out only a couple times, mainly here. But would you notice a difference in what is called Italian food at Buca di Beppo's versus Italian food in Italy? Uh, much less sauce. Yes. Uh, there's no such thing as Alfredo, <laughs> which is shocking. <laughs> Jerome's very upset that there's no real that's there's what no I like. Alfredo in Italy. He asked also, when would we get to have the fried prosciutto? Fried prosciutto, yes. Uh, That's blasphemy. That is apparently it's blasphemy, Buca de Beppo. You do not fry prosciutto. Good, pr- no. Yeah, I'm putting them on blast right now. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting because you work at an Italian restaurant yeah. that's famous for being this family style place. Well, I think it's like it's, it's Americanized. Like it's Americanized. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure if you go to China and eat Chinese food, it's bomb. It's really good. It's not um, Panda Express. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, Panda. Oh, Panda Express doesn't serve cheese plates. That's, that <laughs> are you are you like Panda Express too? Uh, who doesn't like Panda Express, right? <laughs> right. All right. Enough food talk. Do we have anything else? Any- I miss teriyaki chicken. Oh, teriyaki chicken is good. <laughs> all right. Enough of the food. Got place for the house. Four bucks. Big pot of teriyaki or big thing of teriyaki chicken. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> any other thing? Any other things? The truffles are basically the, all the truffle festivals are over. Um, are they? Yeah, okay. I think the uh, the one in Aquilonia is the last one. All right. Um, it's time to get ready for uh, Christmas. It's almost. It's starting here. The season of eating, which usually starts. Oh my god! I know we don't want to talk about food, but this is the se- for Italians. That's all we've talked about. That's all we've talked about. Listen, here it comes. The season of eating. It will start in early December, and it will not stop until with Epiphany uh, uh, and La Bafana on January the 6th. Um, I consider it has begun because you made peanut butter cookies last night. We have bought pentone, and there's pancakes for breakfast. So the season, the holiday season... It started when I came. ...has officially begun. It has officially begun. It's time for... We we wake up every morning. We have to light fires in our place Mm -hmm. and out in the kitchen. Uh, it just feels like, it feels like the It's weather. beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes. I, I wish I had like a music button I could hit and start playing Christmas songs. Yeah, you should have, uh, you guys should get that for your podcast. Uh, yes. Get right. a little like a uh, sound drop board. Yeah. All right. I think this show has, um, come to a, come to a screeching halt. It's I think it's time for pancakes. I think it's time to wrap it up. that time for pancakes, yeah. Um, please send in your questions and comments. Uh, please send them to info at latavolamarche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, at Latavalamarque, and you can email us your questions, comments. Give us a rating on iTunes if you like what you hear. Give us five star. We like five star. This will help us move up the iTunes, whatever their um, system in is. We're chasing um, Adam Carolla. We're chasing <laughs> chasing Adam Carolla. It's on. Nipping at his heels. You're challenged. <laughs> on, a, on a side note, if you are still looking for those Thanksgiving recipes, check out Amazon.com for an e-cookbook that we have two recipes featured in. It's called The Best of the Best uh, Thanksgiving Recipes from the Best Bloggers. And it's filled with great recipes, gorgeous photos, and we're in some really good company with some other great bloggers on there. And it's um, $1.99, and 100% of the proceeds goes to feeding. America.org. 
All right, that sounds like a good cause. Thank yeah. you, Ashley. That was very informative. <laughs> thank you, You're welcome. All right, thank you everyone again for downloading. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a safe holiday. Today is Sunday. We got football starting at 7 p.m. Europe, Central European time, baby. Gobble, got, gobble, gobble. We got the NFL package this year. Best hunt. Listen, the best money <laughs> I've ever spent in my entire life is buying the NFL package in Europe. I love it. Now I get to finally watch first season in five years that I've got to watch football on a weekly basis. So Jerome, for me and Jerome, we will be from 7 p.m. to about 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> parked in front of the computer watching... Right watching, on the couch. Right on the couch watching week 11 NFL action. No All Hawks right. in action this week, but it's okay. All right. got to wrap lose. it up. Can't Thank lose. you so much for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, whenever we do this again, which is usually very infrequently. Alla prossima. Alla prossima. Buona giornata. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.